Welcome to the Divine Inspiration Network. My name is Reverend Arlene Cahet, and tonight we're actually doing a rebroadcast, but it's not actually from this station. Um, one Love, One Connection, One Us, along with a few other shows, were actually a part of another station called My Spirit Travels, and then the station itself changed hands, and then it became She Struts Radio. So, the episode that I'm going to be playing for you is called Dispelling the Myths of Romantic Love. And the person who was hosting with me at the time was Reverend Harvey L. Bailey. So we hope that you enjoy this show and we will see you on the other side of this program. Blog Talk Radio. Because you never know what life is going to take you and you can't change where you've been. But today, I have the opportunity to choose. Here I am now looking at 30 and I got so much to say. Gotta get this off of my chest, I gotta let it go today. I was always too concerned about what everybody would think. Welcome to One Love, One Connection, One Us with Reverend Harvey L. Bailey and Arlene Cahet. Now, we're going to start off with Reverend Harvey uh, giving us an excerpt from The Prophet. Thank you, Arlene. All right. Then said Almitra, speak to us of love. And he raised his head and looked upon the people, and there fell a stillness upon them. And with a great voice he said, When love beckons to you, follow him, though his ways are hard and steep, and when his wings enfold you, yield to him, though the sword hidden among his prisons, pinions may wound you, and when he speaks to you, believe in him, though his voice may shatter your dreams as the north wind lays waste to the gardens. For even as love crowns you, so shall he crucify you, even as he is for your growth, so is he for your pruning. Even as he ascends to your height and caresses your tenderest branches that quiver in the sun, so shall he descend to the roots and shake them in their clinging to the earth. Like sheaves of corn, he gathers you unto himself. He threshes you to make you naked. He sifts you to free you from your husk. He grinds you to whiteness. He needs you until you are pliant, and then he assigns you to his sacred fire that you may become sacred bread for God's sacred feast. All these things shall love do unto you that you may know the secrets of your heart and in that knowledge become a fragment of life's heart. But if your fear, but if your fear you would seek only love's peace and love's pleasure, then it is better for you that you cover your nakedness and pass out of love's threshold floor into the seasonless world where you shall laugh, but not all your laughter, weep, but not all your tears. Love gives not but itself and takes not but from itself. Love possesses not, nor would it be possessed, for love is sufficient unto love. When you love, you should not say, God is in my heart, but rather, I am in the heart of God. And think not you can direct the course of love 
For love, if it finds you worthy, directs your course. Love has no other desire but to fulfill itself. But if you love and must needs have desires, let these be your desires, to melt and be like a running brook that sing its melody to the night, to know the pain of too much tenderness, to be wounded by your own understanding of love, and to bleed willingly and joyfully, to awake at dawn with a winged heart and give thanks for another day of loving, to rest at the noon hour and meditate on love's eschacy, to return home at evening tide with gratitude, and then to sleep with a prayer for the beloved in your heart and a song of praise upon your lips. Khalil Gibran, the prophet. Okay, so tonight's show is about dispelling the myths of romantic love. Now, from for women, from the time we are young, we're sold certain ideas about love and romance. In fact, fairy tales and romance novels are geared towards that. And even in television shows and film, we have this image and this idea of romantic love, which, you know, for the most part, does not gel with what reality is. So for women, this indoctrination comes from childhood fairy tales of a prince that will defeat the evildoer and wake us up from a deep sleep if you are fans of Snow White and Sleeping Beauty or having a fairy godmother who will magically change your dress of drab into um, a ball gown and you go to this ball and then the prince comes looking for you. And then after after the evildoers have been slayed, um, there is this idea of living happily ever after. Now, when we get older, those fairy tales morph into an adult version of the same with a few variances and differences. The prince has changed into a sometimes brooding alpha male character that has been wounded or is a bit wild, you know, the bad boy syndrome. And, and the thing is, is that we have, there, there has been this idea that we should go for this particular person. And the hero is tamed and healed through the heroine's love. Now, there are variations of this theme with the heroine being quick-witted, intelligent, but always unsure of the hero's love for her. Now, in, in romance novels, it, it doesn't actually say this, but there is this implied happily ever after. Now, in film and television, we have visual reinforcement of this idea of romance, of romantic love. The visual forms of media we have of uh, meeting our match that perfectly fits us. And the same issues that were mentioned in the romance novels are true for the film. And the stories focus on getting together but never staying, uh, but never staying together. And if there is a problem, it's going to be resolved in 30 minutes or two hours, depending upon whether or not you're watching television or uh, watching a film. Now, with this in mind, this idea of romantic love has caused us to have more difficulties in our relationships than there need to be. Now, Harvey, mm -hmm. what would you say, or how would you say that this idea has affected men, if at all? Well, Arlene, first of all, I want to say my life has been a fairy tale. I am a prince. You know, I ride on a white horse, I come in, I save the day, I kiss the woman, she wakes up, and we live happily ever after. 
and then I wake up. And so (laughs) (laughs) the reality of it is those stories were made for women. For men, it's a different thing. We're not so much affected by the love stories or by the fairy tales. For us, it's more Neanderthal. It, it dates back to the caveman days. Who can we outclub? We go out, we see another caveman, we beat him down with our stick, and then we're king of the hill. We see the finest woman we can get, we grab her by her hair, we drag her back to our cave and say, Hmm, me og, you me woman. <laughs> so so for us it is really about how do we shine for the woman you know how do we make her see us and so some of the ways is if you have money you want to brag about how much money you have or you want to wear things that show you have money or drive a car that shows you have money if you're in good shape you want to show off your body you want to look better than the competition. You want to have more notoriety. You want to be the BMOC, the big man on campus. That's how you get the woman's attention. So for us, it is a a sacred competition because in most sense, it's not spoken. And no one wants to think they're in competition with someone else. But really, you kind of are. You have to look better, shine more, stand out than your competition, almost like a business. You know, because the woman is the buyer. Why should she do business with you? Well, because I'm funnier than that guy over there. Here, listen to this. Why did the horse walk into the bar? I don't know. I told that wrong. (laughs) Anyway, you know, so that's how it is. For a man, if you don't stand out in any way, then you need to have some kind of game. You need to know how to approach a woman the right way and say the right things to her. If you don't do that, then usually you're kind of left alone and maybe a little sad and miserable. So for us, it's not the fairy tales that do it, but still it's a similar brainwashing. It's sports because sports teach you how to be competitive. And from a kid, as a male, you're taught to play sports, baseball, football, basketball. And if you're not good at sports, then it's expected that you're good in school. And, you know, we've had a turn since the 90s where the nerds became the millionaires and billionaires, and so they got the fine women. Because they got the money, which is the other way of competing. I may not be able to beat you in the ring, but I can beat you at the bank. (laughs) So it's still all about competition. What's your arena, and how can you beat other people in your field or in your arena? Okay. So what would you say is the reason why men and women do get together and do fall in love with each other? Chemistry. No man, and I use that generic, man as in man and woman, is an island. So it is intended for us. It is the creator's idea that men and women, and if there's anyone from you know the LGBT community listening out there, do not be offended when I say men and women because it goes for same sex as well. So attraction is natural. For starters, one of the biggest myths that's been perpetrated upon humankind is that we are separated. We are all one. 
We are all one. So, again, I go back to saying no person is an island. So when you find that attraction, you're being pulled towards someone because that someone has something to offer you. Now, when I say offer you, I don't mean they can put a roof over your head and they can feed you. That's material things. I'm saying they have something to offer you for your spiritual growth. You are pulled to this person because there's something that they can help you with and there's something that you can help them with. Now, for the audience out there, you've got to keep in mind that the person that you tend to be attracted to will be able to push your buttons in ways that you could not even imagine. Uh, that's why there are a lot of times I've heard men and women say, you know, you know, all men act the same and all women act the same. Well, you know, that's actually not the not the truth. The one remaining variable that is the same is you. Yeah, and I know that people are going to like cringe when they hear that. But if you find yourself, especially. Uh, with your relationships. Your relationships are there to actually heal your wounds. So if you keep drawing to you that same person, you have to start looking at yourself because you are that one variable that has remained constant with all of these people seeming to act the same. But they are, are in fact, different people, but they're acting acting the same. So when, you know, what that is, that is the truth of what's going on, that that person that you're attracting is there to help heal you uh, and help you to see yourself better so that you can develop more spiritually. Now, uh, what are your thoughts on that, Harvey? Well, Arlene, I want to say this, and I, I do this at the risk of sounding preachy, so for those of you who are out there, please forgive the old grandfather in me that's preaching, but i got to say this, and I tell people this all the time. If there's an issue, it's you. And until you own your issue, you're never going to get past it. You're going to go from one relationship to the next relationship to the next relationship, and those issues will show up in some variation. And that's when people say, you know, all men are the same or all women are the same or, you know, they get on my nerves, I can't stand that sex, whichever sex it is. It's because you're not realizing the issue is with you. It's like you said, that person is the common denominator. So the first step is understanding that it is my issue. And then what am I going to do about it? Because I can only attract to me what I am. Again, back to your question that you asked me, why are men and women or why are people attracted to each other? Because there's something that we need that the other person can help us with. So if I have an issue, an issue is really an unmet need. Standing, you have an unmet need. Try finding out what is your unmet need. Usually these unmet needs come from something in our childhood. We grew up in a house where we were child number four or five, and we just didn't get any love. You know, it was too many people there. We were left out of the loop. So... We've spent all of our lives trying to find somebody to love us, overlooking the one important thing. Your very first relationship is your relationship with yourself. And so because we don't take responsibility for our need, we're looking outside of ourselves for for approval, for love. And it doesn't work that way. So when people come into your life and you're carrying you know, that energy, what's happening is, 
this person is not giving you the love that you want. Now, in the beginning, oh, they were all shined up and polished, smelling good, looking good. Woo-wee! You know, <laughs> you just couldn't get enough. And then you wake up one day like, what in the world happened? How did we get here? This is not the person I got involved with. You know, every day it feels like torture. It's like I don't know how much longer I can put up with this. Well, what happened is they sent out their emissary. You met the representative. And the representative was polished, but they had cracks. But you didn't see the cracks because you didn't want to see the crack. And every time you spent time with them, they showed you a glimmer of who they were. But they polished it over most of the night with who they want you to think they were. So you saw the glimmer, but eh, you know, that's an anomaly. That's not really what's going on. You know, I can't be judgy. I got to give a person a chance. And so you continue to give them a chance. And once you've settled in, now it's no longer any need. I got you now. We're in this thing. You're hooked. And so the real me comes out, and you find out that I am a nasty cuss, and you're figuring, <laughs> what in the world is going on now? You know, but all that's happening here is, in a different way, you're reliving your childhood. You have brung back to you the energy that you were under as a child. Now, the opportunity is here to heal yourself, because... This person may or may not change, but if you change, that person will do one of three things. They will change because you change. The relationship will change, and they don't change, but the relationship change. Or they will simply go away because the new energy is no longer conducive to the energy that they're putting out, and now you get on their nerves so much that it's just not even worth it to be here anymore. So really, relationship is about dealing with yourself, you know, and then all else will be added unto you. And I'm going to give it back to you in a minute because I think I've been talking way too long here, but (laughs) I have to go to the Bible on this. And, you know, it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. In that sense, you have to understand the kingdom of God is within. So it's the relationship with self and all else will be added unto you. So when you build upon yourself, when you love yourself, when you deal with your issues, all that's good will come to you. Because you cleared out all that was attracting what is not good. Okay. Beautiful. Well put. Well Thank put. You. <laughs> I did my research. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So many of you are probably wondering like what are the different ways that you can go about healing yourself if this is actually the case that this person is just mirroring uh the things that uh, mirroring to me the things that are irritating me that what is it that I'm looking for to heal uh oneself um one of the well, well, what would you say some of the methods are? Because, like, the one that I'm thinking of right at the moment is meditation or maybe um, emotional freedom tapping. But mm-hmm. what what would you say some of the methods of dealing with that particular issue with that particular issue of drawing to you the love that you're wanting, um, or the type of yeah the type of love that you're wanting for yourself, since it is all about you or yourself mm-hmm. that you're looking to heal. 
Okay. And it's good that you pulled out my two favorite ones, the emotional freedom tapping technique. That helps energy, the energy that's just staying stagnant in the body that's, you know, keeping you in that paradigm where you're bringing in the wrong kind of people. But beyond that meditation, there are various visualization exercises. There's one that I use every day as a part of my personal spiritual practice, which is where I envision myself being engulfed in pink light. I allow it to permeate my whole body and my energetic body. The energetic body is what most people are familiar with as your aura. It is the spiritual body that surrounds your physical body. But I love pink because pink is the color of unconditional love. And so, in essence, what I am doing is I'm giving myself unconditional love every day. And then I send that unconditional love out to the world because I truly believe the world needs more love. Other methods is spending time alone. And not being afraid to spend time alone, but spending time alone and shutting off the TV, cutting off the music, or if you have music on, have music with no words in it. Just jazz or new age, something that will allow you to think and getting in touch with your feelings, finding out who you really are. What are my likes? What are my dislikes? Why don't I like that? Hmm. I never thought of it that way. Um. Chakra balancing. Now, and I had to throw that in, being a chakra instructor and a, you know, working with chakras. Chakra work, balancing your chakras. I do an activation, a balancing, and a clearing of my chakras every day just to keep me energetically on the right path. These issues are stored as energy, and the energies are stored in your chakras. By clearing them out, you bring them to the forefront so that you can become cognizant of what's going on with you, and it allows you to then deal with the issues. Looking at yourself in the mirror and talking to yourself, I feel good today. Or, man, I feel bad. I don't feel like going to work. I just want to go back to bed. Well, why do I feel like that? And wait for the answer to come as you look yourself in the mirror. It's really building a relationship with yourself, writing a letter. To yourself, I really like the way you look today. You dressed up pretty good. I'm thinking you should do that more often. And people may laugh or think this is crazy, but your first relationship is with yourself. Treat you the way you would want any lover to treat you. How else can you teach someone else how to treat you if you yourself don't know? Okay, okay, um, definitely. Um, I would say some of the methods that I use um, are um, the Harlai meditation, and that is the connection that you have with God's source, and that goes down to the center of the earth, and then expanding that, and then allowing the consciousness of the you know source of creation to envelop you. Um, I would say that the other techniques that I use um, have been EFT, but again, spending time with myself and being more acquainted with, you know, who I am and being comfortable in my skin. And I also do the mirror technique as well. Um, the, I guess the question question that um, people are probably wondering uh, about is, you know, how does this really apply to, you know, 
the the to romantic love in the sense that <clears throat> you have to begin that relationship with you as you said mm-hmm. earlier mm-hmm. yes and then and then when you start treating yourself well then you will be in alignment to attract that person that will treat you the way you treat yourself now one of the things that people need to keep in mind um with this myth of romantic love is that remember that the truth is is that you are going to attract that one person who is going to be able to reveal you to yourself and that and just allow for that idea to like permeate your your consciousness that that you are looking to be healed you are looking to be whole and allow for that opportunity for it to be healed now and and the that that is the truth of it and that it will take work now what would you say are some of the things that when a person fully realizes that that this person has come into their life to help them heal. If they are a couple that are looking to enhance their relationship, um, what are the things that they could do in order to heal those things if they have a partner that is inclined to do that with them? Okay, and I'm going to go through this pretty fast as we're running out of time here. But first I want to say back to what you had said about that one person. It it's going to be one particular person because there's going to be a, a lot of people who come very close. One of the things you need to know when you're dealing with a relationship is you have requirements versus wants. So a want is something that you may be able to do without. A requirement is something that you must have in the mate. Otherwise, it's a deal breaker. Arlene, for you, it's smoking. If someone's a smoker... That's a deal breaker for you. It's a requirement that they are not a smoker. You want to lean towards your requirements as your weeding out factor. Once you find that one person who meets your requirements, now not all of your wants, because they may not have everything you want, but they meet all of your requirements, then is this someone who wants nothing from you but to give of themselves and to be with you? That's the next thing. Is that also what you want from that person? They may meet all your requirements, and they may have nothing but love for you and want to give you all their love, but you may be like, hey, I don't know. You know, I want a little more. I'm still looking for someone else. So it's going to be the one person who you feel drawn to. They meet all your requirements, and for the most part, y'all just seem perfect together. And people look at y'all and say, wow, y'all are a perfect couple, maybe even a power couple. But when y'all alone, y'all have these little moments where you go at each other, and it just seems like they keep escalating, and they get worse. And if it wasn't for those silly little arguments that come up, it just seems like everything else would be perfect. Now you know you're on the right track. Because one, it's based in love. Two, It's arguments because you have different needs, and the needs aren't being met, and you're not finding the right way to communicate. If you get on it early, then you can get it out of the way. So what do you do? How do you communicate? Well, I'm going to say this. You come out to one of One Love, One Connection, One Us's workshops, like January 3rd in Baltimore City, Maryland. We are having a free workshop that is around 
couples communication. We're going to talk about how to communicate with one another. There are certain rules that you must understand, and I can assure you most people are going to feel like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. That sounds too hard. The sender, the person who has the issue, must understand that you've got to own that issue. Otherwise, it won't get resolved. The receiver has to understand it's not about you. They may feel like it's about you. It's not about you. You were just the catalyst that brought it up. So don't get defensive. Sit there. Listen. Listen inquisitively. Ask all the questions you need to ask so that you can understand where the sender is coming from and, more importantly, get in touch with the emotion and the reason for the emotion that the sender has because that's your job. And that's all I want to say on that right now, Marley. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for those of you who are interested in getting uh, in contact with us, you can reach us at www.oneloveoneconnectiononus.com to find out about more find out more details about our upcoming event. And also, uh, you can reach us at area code four four three. Four nine nine two four nine one, and your number, Harvey. It's four four three three eight eight zero three five six. And I guess you know. Do you have any last words for us, Harvey, before we leave out? Well, we've got two minutes to go, Arlene, and I do want to say this: in twenty fifteen, one love, one connection, one us is on a mission. So if there's anyone out there who want to better their relationship, if you are single, it does not matter because the relationship is still the same. Your relationship is with yourself first, then with someone else. If you're already in a relationship and you're trying to figure out how we can make this better, 2015, Arlene and I, we are going gung-ho. We've got the free workshop on the 3rd. On the 31st, we have a workshop dealing with the sexual intimacy effect. We've got a big one coming up in February for Valentine's Day. But definitely, if you are in need of help with your relationship, reach out to us. Give us a call and let us help you out. Because things in America is getting rough when it comes to relationships. Newest reports said that there is 101 million singles in this country alone. And it's not just this country. It's all around the world that there are more single people than there are married. And it's becoming an epidemic. It's as if people just don't want to be together. When you talk to people, they want to have sex, but they don't want to have a relationship. A relationship is too much work. They just want to get together to have sex. So... I have nothing with having sex or people having sex, but I believe in love. And I think that it's time that we get back to loving one another. We rebuild the family unit, and we help people out by showing people how to do just that. Darlene? Um, Okay. Peace, love, and blessings to everyone, and have a wonderful evening. That was One Love, One Connection, One Us presents 
dispelling the myth of romantic love. So we want to thank you so much for spending your time with us and we look forward to bringing you some more of our favorites from back in our early early beginnings back in 2014. That's how long we've been here. So we want to thank you for joining us and also you can join us for service at Universal Centers for Love um, with Senior Minister Reverend Jamel Gilliam and the address for the the church is 1119 East 30th Street in Baltimore, Maryland. Again, that address is 1119 East 30th Street in Baltimore, Maryland. And that for those of you who are local, that's on the corner of Lock Raven and 30th Street. So please be sure to join us. Our services start at 1030. And I myself am going to be giving the sermon on the 31st of this month. So please feel free to come and join us because it's my very first time giving a sermon, ladies and gentlemen. It should be fun. Anyway. We want to thank you so much. We love you. We bless you. We appreciate you. We thank God for you. And we know that wherever you are, God is.